Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, and thank you for joining us for our slumber party, our ROH final battle slumber party. If you're on the East Coast like me, we're starting here at 1220 Eastern time, but we have a lot of cards to talk about it. It was a good one tonight. Really, really great pay-per-view. These pay-per-views always deliver. I got to say, um, a lot of fun to be had, some interesting decisions. I won't say bad yet because I'm intrigued to see where they go, but we've got a whole lot to talk about. We're going to get into all of it, but before we do, we ask you to please send in your super chats. No humper chats tonight because I don't have access to the humper chat document. <laughs> uh, please leave a thumbs up on this video as well, especially when we're talking ROH and, you know, normally on Thursdays we're talking Impact too. These shows really get a nice boost from you guys when you leave those thumbs up because we're kind of like the little shows that could with those. Um, and uh, we'll also remind you to subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. There's some Mercedes money. News out of the way, it sounds like early next week. So keep an eye out for that. And so much more, so much contract news. You had the Seth Rollins contract news. You had the Danielson out here finding everybody and taking pins tonight news. You got so much more on the way at fightfulselect.com. But we've got a lot of cards to talk about tonight with 14 matches. And who better? I'm not talking Brian Cage, I'm talking Righteous Reg to run it down with me. Reg, how you doing? I'm exhausted, Kate. I'm tired. I need a nap. I need a cigarette. I need a sandwich. I need some water. I need all the things. It's been a roller coaster of emotions all night. So yeah, I'm ready to get into it. And you work with children. I can confirm that for you. Straight but <laughs> uh, overall, I thought it was a very long show, but a good one. You're sitting over there talking about how you're tired. It's 920 your time. What are you whining about? Right. Okay. All right. Goodness. <laughs> Like, whose line is it anyway? Reruns happening by you, all right, my guy. But, but this was a five hour show with 14 matches. Um, overall, I thought it was really strong. The pay per views always show out. <coughs> Excuse me, what did you think of it overall tonight? Overall, I thought it was really strong. The stuff that we thought was gonna shine, I thought shined really well. The six man tag, I think, was special and did a lot of stuff that I kind of expected it to do. And some things that I wasn't expecting to go off really went off. So 
Um, the end we'll talk about. I have some thoughts, but I thought overall this like card delivered pretty over it over delivered to me. Yeah, part of the confusion in this was we got some of the card as the card started, as it was unfolding, which is not like a great sign in general for your product, I feel like. Like we yeah. found out today your world champion was gonna be there. That's not great planning. Um, we also had random stuff like Nyla Rose and Vert Vixen. We have other women's storylines if you wanted to get another women's card on the show, but I'm never going to complain about more women's wrestling. So I'm with you. Overall, the stuff that we were expecting to see, I thought everybody really showed out. Some interesting and unexpected booking um, that we're going to get into, and we're going to get into it all right now. We are going to breeze through the zero hour because this is a very long card, and I'm sick, and we're starting late tonight, so... <laughs> Um, some great matches here, and one thing of, of real consequence that we get to talk about. First match that we got was Taya Valkyrie and Jasmine Allure, which had Taya Valkyrie winning with the butterfly drop into the curb stomp. Then we had kind of um, almost like a vanity match, but a really, really fun one. Marshall and Ross Von Erichs defeating the Outrunners. That was done to pop that Texas crowd. Marshall and Ross Von Erichs did some really great work on the MLW tag division. They're a really fun team. Um, we get dueling uh, Von Eric Claus for the win in this, which was really, really fun. And Kevin Von Eric comes out uh, to celebrate with his sons, which was a really nice moment. Popped for Floyd accidentally monkey flipping <laughs> Madam. That was a really fun spot. But the biggest thing of consequence and something that I knew you'd be excited about, I was excited about too, Brian Keith defeating Jack Cartwheel. And there were stakes with this one, which was, that sixth entrance spot into the survival of the fittest match, which I thought was a really unique and wise decision for like a zero hour type situation where you're trying to get people to buy the pay-per-view doing this, I thought was a, a really great call. Um, any thoughts on that? We did have uh, Keith landing a knee strike and a single leg attempt and then hitting that tiger driver, which he does really, really well. Looked looked great. And Jack Hartwheel doing a whole bunch of fun stuff what an exciting athlete to watch but uh any thoughts on these three matches and i know you want to talk some brian keith yeah the first couple matches were like okay we're getting warmed up for this we're getting the crowd into this but yeah we all know what time it is we all know what we're here for they got my waves of emotion started very early announcing this match for zero hour i'm like oh brian keith's gonna be on the show potentially he's gonna be on the main card like this is a lot going on brian keith comes out still tipping on fofos mike jones Slim Thug, Paul Wall, they're all rapping. It's the actual song. The presentation is exactly how it should be. It's Brian Keith presented number one on the BW500, presented exactly how he should be. He gets this big win over Sacramento Zone. Shout out to uh, Jack Cartwheel himself doing a lot of really great stuff, getting his spot foo in too. But Brian Keith on display, the crowd knows who he is. They're chanting BK. It's like everything you would want in a match. So him to get that victory early and kind of show Texas is in the building. Brian Keith is in the building and not just like a character here. He's like actually somebody coming to win uh, the, the title and the match. So I thought it was great. After that, we could the show could have been over and I would have been fine, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, shout out to Mikey Ruckus, who also called you out for saying that he discovered Brian Keith through you and the list, which some people might argue that's what lists are for, not complaining online, believe it or not. But we got some love coming in through the chats from you guys. Thank you so much, Ricardo the Snowman, saying, hi, Kate. Hi, Reg. This pay-per-view ruled. Here's some love. Well, thank you so much for the love. 
We got a lot of uh, chats about the women's match and a couple other things that we will hit as we go along. But uh, Chinatown Spurs also saying, still tip it on collision. Uh, collision's going to be, man, it, it never stops these weeks, man. Never stops. Tired. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like sick and I'm like, what am I going to do? Not talk about wrestling tomorrow? Like we've got Cruiserweight Classic stuff to talk about, mm -hmm. but so much fun stuff to talk about tonight. So zero hour was good. Normally the zero hour is like a little bit more stacked, but the regular card tonight was so stacked. I didn't really have a problem with them doing this. And I loved the idea of using a qualifier match uh, to earn something on the card. It makes somebody want to watch more. Right. Um, so we have Daniel Garcia defeating Blake Christian as well. That, oh, yeah. Was that on the zero hour? Yeah, that was, uh, the that was on the zero, zero hour, hour too. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like some things didn't super need to be on this card, but, uh, this was a, a nice enough match. There were a couple of spots where it felt like, um, maybe they just weren't on the same page about a few things, but nothing, nothing too serious or anything like overly messy. Blake Christian's just a million miles of an hour guy. And, Garcia being someone that always looks like he's trying to win the match and so efficient with every move. There were just a couple things that made this feel as last minute as it was probably booked in a way, mm -hmm. but we get Christian sending Garcia to the floor and landing a Fosbury flop and that getting reversed into a DDT, which was really fun. And Garcia reversing Christian's curb stomp into the Dragon Tamer submission for the win. That Dragon Tamer, love the way he locks it in. Very, very fun. Um, so that I guess was your official zero hour. Anything you wanted to throw in about that match as well? Yeah, I'm hoping that that's like has something to do with Daniel Garcia and being back in Ring of Honor. That's the reason that we're getting this match here. We've seen Blake Christian here a couple times, so yeah, I thought uh, with how many cards are on the oh, matches are on the main card, I thought maybe we could have cut this one too. But you know, we're here. It's it's happened. We're past it. <laughs> <laughs> It, it happened. There's nothing we can do. We're just mm -hmm. going to move on. But yeah. we move on to a match that got uh, booked by Lucha Blog and Tony Khan and was very, very, very fun to kick mm. off the show now. This is a Reg match. This is, I, I don't watch a, a ton of Lucha. I don't get a chance to watch a ton of CMLL or AAA. I would love to, but my wrestling weeks are already very robust. So I, I watch what I can when I can. But of all the Lucha matches that I have seen from these two, this I thought was one of the most fun combinations of Luchadors that you could put together. This was absolutely spectacular. Vikingo took so much punishment from Tarus in this. And like to have someone that hit so hard in this Lucha match was, oh my gosh, it just did things that Lucha doesn't always bring out of you. The power bomb spot that Torres hit on the floor was mm -hmm. nuts like it was so audible and loud we got that incredible corkscrew suicide dive in this we got um Vikingo jumping off the top rope three times before hitting moonsault like I don't understand how his body works uh there's a crucifix bomb into a pop-up Samoan drop for a near fall from Black Torres um they refused the code of honor in the beginning of this but this ends with Vikingo reversing a backbreaker into a crucifix bomb before landing a double knees to the corner. Vikingo hitting that 630 splash to win and retain the mega title, which I didn't know he had for over two years. That was a nice job by commentary. But man, oh man, you could tell there were points of this where Vikingo was fighting through pain too. Like 
I don't know if he was selling or if he was just really getting his ass beat because it felt like it. Um, but this was one of my favorite Lucha matches I've ever seen because even within the Lucha world, there was still a nice offset of styles and just everything made so much sense and came across so vividly and violent in this. I, I loved this and a really fun way to start the show. Spot wow. King, your thoughts. Wow. We wow. <laughs> this is I what we call for red. <laughs> yes. I watched this in amazement, Kate. My mouth was wide open the entire time. There was spot foo. There was some flipping. There was a little bit of spinning. Things are everywhere. Uh, Black Taurus, not Black Taurus, as Ian and Caprice could not get. Nobody would send them in the memo that is Taurus, not Taurus. But whatever, we'll get past it again. Another thing to get past. He is such a, uh, like I said on the pod yesterday, such an intimidating aura that Texas immediately felt it. A lot of them people are probably aware who Black Taurus is because it's Texas. Mexicans, Mexican wrestling is pretty popular out there. And uh, Vikingo was exactly who Vikingo always is. He hit every wild spot. He got that springboard 450 to the outs, uh, 630 to the outside is like, your body's not supposed to do these physics and you land on your feet. You're disgusting guy. But the everything that they did at one point, Tarus just starts destroying him with power bombs him on his knee and hits him with a nasty clothesline. He's just tearing Vikingo up. But Vikingo is so relentless and resilient that you have to kill this guy to take this championship out from as we've seen. He ends up hitting the 630 splash and spot food personified right here. This is everything you would want. I was going to say, if you want to watch one match from the show, this is probably it, but this ain't it. I'd be lying if I told you that there's one on here. There's two on here. There's three on here that I could say that for, but this was a great way to start the show. Yeah. And for those of you who may not be aware, this was included in the price of honor club, which is only nine ninety nine a month. So yeah. this was a really, really great card. You'd get your $10 worth just for this match, in my opinion. But Luis, our wonderful moderator, chiming in. He covered the SmackDown show for us tonight, and I was sending a super chat. And what a guy <laughs> saying, sending some love to y'all. And shout out to Vikingo. So I'm assuming that was supposed to be Tarus Commander. Mm -hmm. And Brian Keith, feels like ROH is finally back on track. Let's hope it stays that way. Really, really hoping that we continue this momentum because we've seen this time and time again. Like, the fall off and the start and the we're building up going into pay-per-views and then we drop it. Um, it feels like of late, we've been getting way more clarity around who's in ROH, what divisions they're competing in some consistent storyline. So I'm, I'm hopeful that that's the case, but this is the kind of thing I think that ring of honor fans want to see. And I got to say having a live crowd that was there to see ring of honor tonight nice. and not AEW collision warmups and leftovers mm -hmm. made a huge 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 difference in the viewing experience at home but um shout out to all the people that louis said and he also said and athena i mistyped mm -hmm. in the happiness look we'll take it we'll take another two bucks from you louis and we'll also Thank you. uh take happiness errors we like it when people are enthused about this but agreed this this match was a blast and this is the kind of thing we want to see this is mm -hmm. the kind of thing we want to see well, moving on from Reg's wheelhouse to Kate's wheelhouse, we go from Spot Foo with the Spot Foo King to a TMDK match, which just made me so happy. Uh, we get TMDK versus the Mogul Embassy here, and I thought this match ruled. I know that will surprise zero people because I am biggest TMDK mark, but I love these guys so much, and I felt like, especially Bad Tutito, got a chance to show out tonight. A lot of people found out who Fujita was. 
you have not scratched the surface with what that kid can do at 21 years old. It is ridiculous. Already a young lion, already on excursion. So, so crisp and violent and explosive with his offense. I thought this whole match was a ton of fun. I love with Tito how I use the word explosive to describe Fujita. That probably fits even more so with Tito. Like, he does so many fundamental things extremely well. And to me, that's kind of the best wrestling he get. As much as I love a good 630, don't get me wrong. Like his Uranagi, for example, like pretty fundamental move. Um, when you do them the way he does it with his execution, just looks ridiculous. Just fantastic. Loved what he brought to this match. I felt like he really got to show out. Fujita looked great. Shane Haste to me is one of the best at coming in and then a multi-man match, especially just knowing like where to speed things up and slow things down or helping architect matches. Like he has such a great visual for what's overall going on in the match that when he inserts himself, he's like, I'm going to throw in a spurt of offense and I'll let someone else do their thing. Like mm -hmm. very, very, very cohesive unit there. Um, and then man, Mogul Embassy looked great in this. I loved the pendulum power bomb on Fujita for the win here. Also loved that superplex spot. Um, that looked great. Brian Cage was Fujita hitting that superplex and Tito breaking it up. And man, Khan is so smooth in there. He looked really, really, really comfortable in there tonight. Um, but another spot too with uh, Leona firing up and catching Haste with the Yuridagi and Khan um, and Leona dropping Haste with that spear for a near fall that Fujita broke up. I thought for a six-man match that just got kind of thrown on here at the end. This was really great, and I also loved Ian Riccoboni, again, giving us that New Japan history onto why this was getting run back. Some fun stuff in here for me. Coming from SpotFu World into Kate's World, what did you think of this? <laughs> I thought the as far as variety in this card, this was needed. We needed a big hoss battle, bunch of dudes just throwing each other around, trying to knock each other's head off. Yeah, I thought TMDK looked great in here. Shout out to California's own bad dude, Tito. You know what time it is. Anytime I'm a represent, it's going to be for somebody from California. But no, he has been really uh, improving. I I've been watching him for a bunch of years and, you know, like getting this run in New Japan has helped him out tremendously. And it was on display here. Fujita is so young and crisp and ready for the spotlight that I was impressed with everything that he did. Mogul Embassy, though, you know what time it is. They've been beating people up on Honor Club for months and months. So they kind of did the same thing here. Came in, destroyed people, had a great finish, and uh, looked good doing it. Uh, the Gates of Agony are looking really impressive coming off New Japan. Anytime somebody has like a tournament run like, like that, they always come back with a different kind of swagger. And immediately you can see it with Gates of Agony. It's true. There was just like a little extra cohesion in there, which I thought was really impressive. I would like to see them as the six man belt holders put together a story of mm -hmm. stop fighting and tag and singles matches like in ROH context. You want to go work tag league? By all means, go work tag league. But Brian Cage shouldn't just be having random solo matches then. Let's get these guys on track with an actual story. I will also always shout out Mass Lines for the banger theme for TMDK. Love those guys. Yeah. They're fantastic. Um, so go check out Mass Lines, that whole album rules. But really, really fun match. And like you said, I felt like this this card, especially considering how long it was, very appropriately paced for the most part. And this match had a nice um, slot in it being between our ridiculous spot foo opener and the I Quit match that is 
coming up right now to talk about. So mm-hmm. we've got some more people that are tuning in than when we started this show. So we'll remind you to leave a thumbs up on this video and get in your super chats if there's anything that you would like to talk about. Everybody wants to talk about that main event. So we are going to get there. We're going to try and move through this card as quickly as it, we can because it was a dense one. Um, so let's move along to this I quit match. Now, I'll say up front, I hate I quit matches. Yep. I don't like them. Mm-mm. Lumberjack matches and I quit matches. I don't like them. This one was pretty well done, though. This was just like an old school I quit match mm-hmm. with Mark Sterling and his shenanigans being right there. But they just, this was fun, man. Like, I don't like these matches. And this this just felt like throwbacky to me in a way of an, like a really um, kind of like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a good reference that this reminded me of of an I quit match. But I just, I thought this was a whole bunch of fun. I loved um it did feel a little overbooked, but I think it was worth it to get to where we got. So yeah. Mark Sterling is handcuffed during this I quit match. And uh, eventually we threaten Bobby Cruz enough that he gives up the keys. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he gets unhandcuffed. And in a weird and ill-advised spot, he then tells Ethan Page everything that we're going to do to him, which included hitting him in the head with a weight and uh, sending it to his daughter to traumatize her for future therapy. I wouldn't tell my opponent what I'm going to do to them, just like as a like as a manager, that doesn't seem like the best strategic move. But it was enough to bring Scorpio Sky out, which was really, really cool. We get to see Men of the Year reunited here um, and a whole bunch of other fun stuff in this. The protein powder spot cracked me up. I thought that was a pretty funny thing to do since so much of this has been around like the the training aspect of this, um, Paige putting Nice through through table to through two tables looked great. Him missing two chairs but still selling it did not look so great. But things mm-hmm. happen. What are you gonna do on that Hurricane Rana? Just a weird spacing thing. Um, but this match was way more fun than I was expecting it to be. We got the handcuffs off Sterling. We got them on Paige. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, and he was doing some really fun stuff with his hands tied behind his back in this as well. Um, I I don't know. This was way more fun than I was expecting it to be, to be honest. I thought this was great. What were your thoughts? I'm actually very surprised that you like this match so much because it was very Memphis and a guy that you hate a lot. Feels like he booked this match. Two J's, J-E, <laughs> double 
<laughs> F-J-A-R-R-E-T. Jeff Jarrett, that's his name. This felt like a Jeff Jarrett booking. There was powder in the eyes, handcuffs, run-ins, all kind of stuff. But, you know, I think the Scorpio Sky thing saved it. I predicted yesterday that I thought Scorpio Sky was going to be in the six-man match. But here he is showing up. Uh, another thing I would like to have happened that happened, uh, men of the year getting back together. I thought that Ethan Page needed some help, and here comes Scorpio Sky to save him. Big, giant pop from the crowd. Texas showed some love. Ethan Page looked great here. He was bleeding. He had uh, uh, he was fighting from behind, showed a lot of heart. The uh, Eagles' edges looked great. I yes. thought that this was a really good showing for him. Coming out of this, if we're getting a men of the year back as a tag team, then I'm all in. Um, I thought that there weren't too much shenanigans in the middle that the end saved it. I agree. And I also don't have a problem with this style match all the time. I also, I think because I hate I quit matches, my bar was extremely low. But I hate that every week I would watch Jeff Jarrett. I often watch <laughs> House of Borcher. And I often watch Judgment Day all in the same week. And they do the same thing every single time. I don't mm -hmm. mind this style match as a blow-off. I mind this when I see the same thing every single time that they're out there. And I also thought the intensity helped a lot. When you are like, say I quit. And someone says, no, F you. I'm in. Like, <laughs> yeah. that rules to me. So um, in one of my very least favorite stipulations, I, I still had a lot of fun with this. It's also well-timed. Like, this didn't eat up too much time. It didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome, which I think happens with a lot of, like, overbooked match. But I'm happy to see Scorpio Sky back. So I agree yeah. that the ending kind of bailed out some of the, the overbooking in this for me. Um, look. <laughs> I have to walk this line very delicately because there's some things to applaud here. I appreciate yeah. that we got three women's matches. Okay. Yes. Nyla Rose versus Vert Vixen. <laughs> you have like six storylines in ROH. This was not Layla Hirsch. This is not like, what are we doing here? Um, I, I'm very happy to see Nyla Rose. I'm gl very glad she is somewhere where it feels like she might be working a little bit more consistently. And I love Vert Vixen as well. On a card that went till we're 12, 10 at night. We did not need Nyla Rose versus Vert Vixen on this. Mm. And I don't like nominal women's matches. I like women's matches that have stories behind them and should be included on the card, which ROH is really good about. Hello, there were women's wrestling chants at the main event, five hours into the show, which ruled. Um, Nyla lands a springboard knee and uh, to Vert Vixen's back before hitting her with the beast bomb for the win. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it felt like uh, we need a woman from Texas. Let's get Vert Vixen. She'll be here. And Nyla's hey. here also. Let's put her in the match. Nothing too offensive. But, yeah, they could have probably cut this one, too. Shout out to both those women. I'm a huge fan of both of them. But it's like we got to get to this show, especially in, like, the main event is going to be timely. Like, let's get to it. Agreed. I think there was some stuff on this card where they realized they didn't want this main event competing with Rampage. Right. So I think they were trying to get the timing right. but. That was kind of a silly thing to throw in. It was good to have something between what we got next and that I quit match because we move into the survival of the fittest match, mm. um, which was a very fun match. I have questions about the booking. If Kyle Fletcher isn't working our wage, I'm going to complain about it on the internet a lot. So just you wait. But I'm going to go through what the eliminations were. I have an inherent problem with 
a match like this because why would you want to get tagged in until the end? Like the the elimination style that it is just inherently doesn't make sense. Um, and there's not really like any sort of luck of the draw kind of thing with it. So it's mm -hmm. not like anybody earns an advantage. But here's what we get. We get Moriarty locking in Lee Johnson with the Border City stretch for the first submission. Um, you get Johnny TV sending one of the boys into the ring, distracting Dalton Castle and allowing Lee Moriarty to pin him and get the pop flatliner. Um, I was mentally checked out of this match for like another couple minutes because I was so frustrated that it, Dalton Castle didn't win. The way that he lost, I did not like. And I didn't like that he also went out so early. I thought that was a really, really, really silly decision at this point in the match. Um, so I was very frustrated by that. And then you have Brian Keith hitting a big running knee, but Kyle Fletcher reversing the Tiger Driver into a hammerlock tombstone um, to eliminate him. And we get down to Kyle Fletcher and Commander. And they, to me, it felt the same almost as when we had Royal Rumble this year, and then you just also had a match between Cody and Gunther. Mm -hmm. I thought that was like one of the cooler things that they've done with a recent Royal Rumble. That's what it felt like we got here was like all those eliminations happened. And then we just got a really great match between Kyle Fletcher and commander. Um, we get, this is awesome chance with commander hitting a slingshot into the bottom rope into a double stomp into a 450. That was an incredible near fall. There's a brain buster on the top turnbuckle. What on earth? Mm. That spot was incredible. I bit so many times. I'm one of those people that loves a million near falls. Cause I, of a mark and I buy into everything. So I'm like constantly on the edge of my seat. But Kyle Fletcher emerges with the victory. He's one of the, I, the last people I would have picked to win this. I don't hate it. He's got to be around though. But he hits a running kick before landing that hammerlock tombstone for the win. Always looks great. He is a phenom. Like the fact that he is 24 and this good is just incredible. I feel like I say it every week, but every week he does something to make me realize it. I think one week, I compared him to Ricochet and the way that he kind of has this sneaky strength that he'll use in transition of things. That's really mind blowing to me. Like in a transition, he'll just suplex someone and it's crazy to me. <laughs> and right. they can be someone of, of virtually any size too. Like he has this really, really, really well-rounded ability in that. And I just love watching him wrestle it, not being Dalton when we're setting up a feud with him and Johnny TV feels very weird that that's not for the TV championship. That's an odd one. It not being Lee Moriarty, who also feels like was being pushed and with Shane Taylor promotions, that also felt like a more logical call to me. Lee Johnson could have won it like as a spoiler. And honestly, once Brian Keith made his way into the match, he had a hell of a showing tonight. I would have been all for like, hey, he's here. He earned his way to the match. He won the title and he signed. Like one of those moments we haven't really had in a while. Um, I love Kyle Fletcher winning this as long as he's around. Cause I'm, I'm so mm -hmm. tired of not having champions around the promotion. The match itself, I thought was produced very well. Whoever agents at this did a great job. I, I thought it was a ton of fun, but I just appreciate a match where it's like, we get an additional one-on-one -on -one match to all the eliminations. Like those are always so impressive to me from what the athletes are able to physically withstand in that. Uh, what did you think of both the booking and the match? Um, 
Only thing I didn't like about this match was Johnny Nitro being out there. Johnny TV being out there. I thought that was pretty egregious. I didn't like, I thought it didn't hit at all. It was like, I understand what you guys are doing, but I don't think this is really the time for this. Um, them having a feud together. I'm, I'm not mad about it. As soon as Brian Keith was announced, I'm gonna keep it a hundred with you, Kate. Uh, I came on this podcast on this post show many times being like, Dalton Castle all the way, carrying the flag. Soon as Brian Keith was announced, all that shit was right out the window. I didn't care about <laughs> nothing that I said last night. I didn't care about nothing that I said last week. Brian Keith win this match. That's all that I care about. And Brian Keith had an amazing showing. I bet that he was going to win this match at one point, but he didn't. Fine. I'm not mad about Kyle Fletcher winning because they – they spaced some time between it, but they did lead us into this some months ago on Ring of Honor television. He had a couple of wins in a row. They were like building him up. And I was like, Kyle Fletcher could potentially be the next TV champion because I think he's a good wrestler to just have uh, consistently on a weekly basis having matches like he did here. Commander hit that rope walking, balancing Spider-Man 450 onto the apron and my mind just blown away. I could have turned the TV off right there, turned the lights off, got in bed with my pillow and just been done here because why, how do you do this, dude? How do you balance on a rope? And then <laughs> this, it's like this much of, for you to hit the 450 on, for you to hit on that much angle of 450 is insane. Commander is an alien. I don't know how he does <laughs> these things. I don't know where he came from. I don't know who taught him how to do that. He watched Ray Mysterio tapes from zero to now because he's just amazing. But yeah, I'm not really mad about Kyle Fletcher winning because I think they set us up for this and I think they will have him on the show more because his partner's out and he's not really doing much on the other program. They have him on rampage and this Don Callis stuff. And it's like, he could be a better use over here defending this championship. But yeah, this match right here, you guys, if there's a couple matches, if you don't want to watch all 14 matches or whatever, watch this match. Lee Moriarty was getting his shit off at the beginning. Brian Key started doing his thing. Dalton was doing his thing before uh, Johnny TV came out. Everybody looks strong. The brain buster was insane. There's wild Canadian destroyers. Everything you would want out of this kind of match, it happened. Spot foo, there was flipping, there was spinning, there was everything. I loved it. Beautiful. Brian Keith had a great showing again. They announced a match at in this show with him and Orange Cassidy tomorrow for the international championship. So it's like it's a win, 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 win for me, Kate. I there was nothing wrong with it. I agree. I think that Kyle Fletcher is a good choice. And to your point, he was kind of being set up for this a while ago. I remember commentary pointing out like he's had three wins in a row against former TV champions. And then they went on to win the tag titles because Mark Davis came back and now Mark mm -hmm. Davis is unfortunately injured again. So mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see where they go from here, especially because he is in an AEW stable that has no gold. So also gives them a little bit of credibility. I just want to see our champions be around mm -hmm. Tim McFowl saying, Youngsters showed out tonight. How are Fletcher and Starks so good at this? I don't understand how someone goes to prom five months ago or whatever and main events the way that she did tonight. It it's blows sick. my mind. Kyle Fletcher's 24. It's nasty. 
Like we used, I, mean, to, I feel like we were talking about MJF being so young, and now he's like an old man comparatively. Mm-hmm. Like we got Fujita's twenty one, and he was in the match before the showing out. Like hate all these young, tall, great looking people. It's disgusting. Remember, remember when all the athletes were older than us or our our age, and now we're like, I remember when I was that age. Ah, <laughs> oh, breaks my heart. Athena is the best women's wrestler in the world, and it's not close. Shout out to that Rampage Trios match. Dante is him. Dante, another young one who's great. Um, we will be hitting, of course, more on that incredible women's match. We have Caden who joined. Thanks so much for the chat, Caden, saying the show was fun a wee long, but glad I was there. I'm glad that you were there, too. It seemed like a fun one to be at. I will say, I always said it earlier that to have a crowd that's there for Ring of Honor instead of Collision Leftovers is a big difference maker. They were hot for the entire five hours. Like Everything. they really, really were into it, which is mm-hmm. so refreshing. So refreshing. Guys, keep getting those super chats. If there's anything that you guys want to talk about today, we are moving along through this very dense card. Um, but we go back into Kate's world and your world a little bit. But you know, I love my pure matches and I love. Love, love, love me some filthy Tom Lawler. You get in there with your Daisy Dukes and you wrestle your ass off like this. I'm a happy gal facing Wheeler Yuta in this match. Boy, oh boy, did I have some fun with this. Now, my only, it's not really a complaint. It's just one of those things. And there's nothing you can do about it. But Tom Lawler had like a considerable amount of size on Wheeler. And they wrestle very much in the same wheelhouse. So there were points in this where the viability for me got a little bit tough, but Wheeler's great, and he did a good enough job of suspending my disbelief. But there were parts of this where Tom Lawler's momentum picked up so much, and he does have probably 40 pounds on him at least, Like um, that I was like, there's no way this guy loses. But I kind of feel like that about a lot of Tom Lawler matches because he's just a badass. (laughs) Right. Him coming from that MMA background definitely shows up. I loved commentary calling out the, he has that MMA background, that one close punch rule might come back to to kind of bite him. And we do see him get thrown off a little bit, but great job of them pointing out things like that. I absolutely adore it. Um, the finish here was Wheeler Yuta hitting that German suplex, but Lawler catching his arm for a second time. And Yuta fighting his way out to get the seatbelt pin, which is a great... I love him using the seatbelt pin as a finisher. So he wins and retains some very other... Just a bunch of fun stuff in this if you're a technical nerd like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lawler going after Wheeler's arm and hitting a hammerlock tombstone before locking on an anaconda device was a really, really fun spot. There was a submission spot that Yuta caught Lawler in a dragon screw and then he locked in the octopus stretch before dropping down for a near fall. And then Yuta went for a right angle slam, but Lawler caught him in a waist lock slam and a near fall. Like just some really, really fun exchanges. Yuta catching Lawler in a single leg crab, but Lawler monkey flipping out of it. Like there was so much fun to be had in this if you're a technical nerd, Um, which I am, especially this year more than ever. But what I love overall is, I said this yesterday and I felt it again tonight. This feels like, wheel are you to wheelhouse like this he just feels so comfortable in the storytelling because the story is within the rules of the pure rules and pro wrestling and when he used all of his rope breaks you see him start to hasten things you see things get a little more intense and him ratchet that up i just love that kind of storytelling and what could otherwise be boring matches for a lot of viewers 
Um, I've always said that I feel like a lot of pure matches are actually more enjoyable at home than in person because of that. Like you see those details and because the commentary and ROH is so great, we're so spoiled with that. They add so much to the story of what's being told here. I love pure wrestling. This is straight up my alleyway. I absolutely adored this. Still, justice for Josh Woods. He deserves a title shot. He deserves a title win at this point, to be honest. But um, I'm having a lot of fun with these Wheeler Utah defenses so far. Yeah, I kind of understand what you're saying about Tom Lawler. Is like sometimes that believability thing is too believable. It's like I can't suspend disbelief dude you would rip this guy's head off if like this was real and it's like you have to stop thinking about it's kind of like brock lesnar effect sometimes sometimes it's like brock lesnar would really just rip this guy in half if it was like if this was real because he's a bear and that's kind of how i feel about tom lawler the thing i really like about tom lawler especially in a pure match like this is he's like a dirty fighter he nothing's like clean and we're so used to like these pure matches being like techno He's super technical, but Filthy is such a great name for him because that's his style. He comes out. He has the Daisy Dukes on, the music, the look, everything about it. And the way that he fights is dirty. It's filthy. And it adds so much to this division and the believability of pure rules. I think that they should uh, have him uh, here more just because he added so much with this match, just doing simple things like spears and punches and and takedowns like the simple things that he does look so great just because of you know his history and everything i thought this was a really fun match another contrast to all this crazy stuff we're going on just like two guys in there fighting yeah tonight felt like a really nice showcase of all the things that roh does well which when roh is at its best that's what we see mm-hmm. we got a super chat that i missed uh from our last segment from andrew saying Justice for Dalton Castle, sandwiched between the peacock emojis. I agree. There is a part of me that, whilst I love Kyle Fletcher, and I also would have loved if Lee won or Brian Keith won, yeah. it just feels like Dalton's been carrying this brand so much. Yes. Like, And if it's not going to be this, he better get a world title shot, or he better get like some trios title shot with the boys, because like he has been the steward of this brand in so many ways. And he's seen pieces of this brand get peels away in front of him. Like, if it still feels empty without Jonathan Gresham, like, I can't pretend right. it doesn't, right? So yeah. um, I just hope he gets rewarded for that sooner than later Same. because he's great. We move along. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us and for your support. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are we are moving along. All right. I feel good. Yeah. I feel like we're pacing our show well, and they paced the pay-per-view well considering it was five hours. But we are at... Keith Lee and Shane Taylor. Now, I had this match pinned all wrong. I was like, this is going to be a seven-minute sprint, and it was not. Um, It was very good. On this card, it feels like something that could have been a seven-minute sprint, and I Mm -hmm. wouldn't have been mad about it. Um, But Lee catching Taylor with the Big Bang catastrophe for the win here after the match. Shake hands. Looks like things are settled. There was some stuff that we have not seen these guys pull out in a long time, though, Reg. And uh, that I was expecting because you don't always get in there with someone that's the same size as you. Um, It does feel like Keith Lee um, doesn't have as full of a gas tank as maybe we've seen him have before. That doesn't mean he's not capable of putting on really great matches. This match, I thought, was a whole heck of a lot of fun. But there is a noticeable difference in the pace of things. Um, But I really liked when... 
Taylor caught Lee and tried to slingshot him over the top rope. I thought that was really, really impressive. And Lee lifting up Taylor for that spine buster was just absolutely, oh my God. absolutely, absolutely <laughs> insane. Um, Moriarty showing up in this as well, bringing him into the ring for that huge power bomb. I thought was really fun. Gave uh, Shane Taylor a chance for that running knee and the the near fall there. Very, very fun match. Um, and again, I I think this was good. Probably could have been a few minutes shorter, but. Very mm. fun to see, and it feels like they squashed the beef, but I'm interested to see if this story continues a little bit. What did you think? Yeah, I think the story of this match was that super Canadian destroyer Ooh. that both these guys probably shouldn't be doing, but all right, let's do it. Uh, they win it. Yeah, exactly. This Canadian <laughs> destroyer off the top rope, Shane Taylor to Keith Lee. They are both two really good, talented guys to even attempt that. But yeah, super scary stuff. Um, this match is kind of like, I didn't think it was going to be a Keith Lee display, but all of Keith Lee's matches are kind of like this. I think if he doesn't have to be who he was in 2015, there's a way to use him. I think that if they take some aspects of what they did with Samoa Joe, we're talking about Ring of Honor, if they kind of take some aspects of what they did with Samoa Joe coming into AEW, I think there's a way to utilize Keith Lee and exactly what you're saying is the way to do it. Take three minutes off this match. It's a different match. Just like have Keith Lee go out there, hit the greatest hits and then take it home. I thought that they did what was needed and it looked good for Keith Lee. I don't know if it was the best result for Shane Taylor, but you know, it, I, I didn't really expect Keith Lee to lose this match. Yeah, this was a tough one. Cause this was a really fun match to do, but there wasn't like a clear booking choice. Mm -hmm. and them shaking hands after feels like they're moving on from it. So I'm just intrigued. I'm intrigued to see what yeah. we get. I would like to see Shane Taylor promotions build in general with or without Keith Lee. I would like to right. see that stable kind of grow and expand for Shane Taylor to have a bigger presence on the show because he's kind of been weaving in and out. Um, Lee's been there a little bit more consistently, but let's get Shane Taylor on the show because he's a top shit talker and he's a lot of fun in the ring. But Mike Peterson alluding to what you said before, I loved Final Battle so much. I loved it too. This was a, a really fun pay-per-view. I would love to know your opinions on that gnarly destroyer that uh, <laughs> by Taylor. Gnarly is like actually the perfect word for it. Yeah. Like it was, um, I, I felt better about it once they were okay and kept wrestling. Yeah. But when it happened, I was like, what the hell are you doing? Which is kind of what I get a lot of with Shane Taylor. I remember at Final Battle two years ago, which we thought might be the finalist battle of all the battles, there was like an insane spot. Did it, was it with Brody King or someone that they did on the ladder? Like it was a ladder that was set up between the ring and the barricade. And he mm -hmm. did like a power bomb there or something. And I was like, I will never get used to how insane that is. Like it's right. not something that's ever going to feel normal in any way shape or form but man if i had to place my bets reg i wouldn't have known what to do okay i would have had not a clue on who i should be putting my money on but mm -hmm. i know somewhere that can give you the best odds in the game and that's bet online people BetOnline.ag is the official betting partner of Fightful. 100% of the time when you get the odds from Fightful, they are coming from BetOnline.ag. And it's not just wrestling. It's not just MMA and boxing. 
It's football. It's basketball. Baseball. Hockey. They have the earliest lines. You can bet big with the high limits and rebet functionality. They have the fastest payouts with winnings paid in minutes and the industry's best bonuses on every qualifying deposit. They've been trusted for 25 plus years. It's not some fly-by-night company. BetOnline AG has been there. They've done that. In addition, they're trusted by millions. They've got VIP rewards programs and a ton of popular games. BetOnline.ag. That's where I go to make my bets. That's where I suggest you go to, my friends. Please just bet what you can and bet responsibly. And they really have invested in us. We're so excited to have them on as a new sponsor for Fightful. Please let them know you found out about them through us. Use them to the best of your ability if that is a world you're in. But they made a really big investment in us, and we appreciate it. So let them know. Let them know you found out about them through Fightful, and we would appreciate it. Patrick, which I love. Says, just got home and haven't seen the show yet. Just want to say hi. Well, hello. Thanks. You're in for save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $129 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $249 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Treat. Stick mm-hmm. with us because we've probably got another 20 or 30 minutes of a review left for you, and you'll know what to watch and what you can skip because it mm-hmm. was a 14-match card. Unless you're a completionist and you want to watch our pay-per-views from front to back, which I totally respect, but stay keyed in here. We will fill you in on all the best stuff that we have. Um this is a chat from one LT photo saying, so our promotions can now help Keith with Swerve. We're just never going to let it die. It's never. We're just never going to let it die. I'm not mad about it. The numbers are even. Let's go. Yeah, all right. I feel it's kind of interesting, though. I'm intrigued to see what happens with the Mogul Embassy and Swerve because they're kind of not as present in each other's worlds anymore. Like, it's been a lot of, like, Swerve and Nana specifically. But it has been... A tournament context so we will see we will see what is coming up in that picture because it kind of feels like you got your six men picture in roh now and swerve is such a breakout star i'm intrigued i'm right. intrigued to see where things go we got a quick segment that you alluded to earlier with brian keith backstage with tony shivani who um sets up and tells us that orange cassidy well orange cassidy comes into frame here and tells him that uh, he'll put his international championship on the line tomorrow, which is great because uh, Brian Keith says he's there to collect some gold. So some good stuff there. And then we move along to a really cool moment in ROH history. We move on to this Jay Briscoe tribute match, Mark mm-hmm. Briscoe and FTR um, defeating the Blackpool Combat Club, as you predicted correctly yesterday. Um, this was one of those ones and we kind of said this yesterday too, like it, it doesn't, it didn't matter who, who won or lost tonight, really. As long as Mark Briscoe wasn't like taking a pin, which would have been egregious. Like this match was not about that. This match was, um, about Jay and just his legacy and done, I thought really, really well in his honor and having Brian Danielson step foot back into a ring of honor ring. For that purpose, 
I just, there's, there's just a ton of emotional weight behind that. I think it's so beautiful, but this was a fun wrestling match. And then it got kicked into an entirely different gear. And I thought it became a fun, bloody, violent little spectacle. It was emotional. It was yeah. wonderful. I, I really loved this. I did like start to, to really well up because I, I just thought it was so well done, but you get um, the six men brawling at I'll, I'll kind of Tarantino this. We'll go back yeah. to some of the spots, but there was like a normal match, but then we get the six men brawling to the ringside and the bell rings for a count out. But we get Mark Briscoe grabbing a microphone and saying, F no, that's not how this is going to go. The referee bumped his head one too many times. This was to honor his brother and they're going to finish this damn match. And then he promptly dives off the stage onto a pile of wrestlers and security on the, on the side. Um, and then things just went, just went bananas. Bonkers. We got Danielson setting up a psycho knee and Briscoe sidestepping it to hit the J driller for the win. But man, oh man, were there a lot of fun spots in this. A few of my favorites are um, Danielson locking in the LaBelle lock while Moxley holds Cash Wheeler's face. Like, technical but make it violent mm -hmm. we get briscoe finding a barbed wire cover ladder and moxley going after hardwood's eye with a fork you get briscoe setting up castagnoli on that barbed wire ladder and moxley hitting him with a chair and sending him into it which looked ridiculous and painful um in the normal part of the match i really liked ftr hitting that power flex on danielson and the froggy bow from briscoe for a near fall this got out of control in the most fun way. At one point, Dex, I think, poured hot coffee on Mox. Like, we were having all sorts of fun out here. But this felt like exactly what it should be. And that was a match that Jay Briscoe would have been really, really proud of. That I know he's watching down on his brother and the rest of these guys. Um, and just beaming with pride from, from the other side. Because this is exactly what Jay Briscoe was all about. Um, very emotional, fun bloody violent mess i loved it mm -hmm. uh what were your thoughts on this yeah that's exactly how what i was gonna start with this felt like a perfect jay briscoe tribute this is exactly what he would have loved at one point everybody's down on the ground half of them are bleeding there's covered in stuff dirt all kind of stuff it was a perfect way to pay tribute and for mark briscoe to get the win i thought was super important the thing that I came out of this match saying uh, the most, though, is John Moxley is a lunatic. I know we say this all the time. After every Dynamite, we're like, you know, that John Moxley. But seriously, there's points in this match where, like, the other team was like, get away from me, dude. You're insane. He had, like, the fork, and he's, like, stabbing both the FTR in the head, in the arm, in the back. And they're just like, get away from me. Dak starts kicking him, get away from me. And then he grabs the barbed wire, wraps it around Cash's head. But it's like, usually when wrestlers like get spots like this ready, it's like they take a little time. No, Mox is just like pulling back as hard as he can. He doesn't care about anything. Him and Brian Danielson are kind of trying to kill Cash. He's pushing people off of stuff. He's just like, I don't want to say reckless because he's not reckless, but I, I feel like some of them were like, ah, right, we didn't know what we were getting into. This motherfucker's nuts because he was nuts, man. He's crazy, but in a good way. I loved it. It's it's like he's uh, it's it's controlled craziness. It's like what Mox is. That's why they put Mox in this match. Brian Danielson again being on Ring of Honor, 
so important. I thought he played such an important role here. He played the veteran role. He played the former Ring of Honor world champion. He, his eye was came into play. He was vicious. This was uh, this was pretty awesome, man. Claudio did a bunch of wild spots. He's swinging people, throwing them in the air. Um, yeah, both sides I think were really, really, really great at paying tribute to Jay. And this kind of match was needed for this card. Super long card again, we're saying, but like you needed to have this kind of two-part super match happen because it was everything that Jay Briscoe would have wanted. And realistically, there just haven't been a lot of titles around, right? Like you need right. marquee signature memorable matches that feel like a big deal if you're just aren't going to have titles in play. So I'm very happy that they did this. Danielson, I mean, everybody knows he's probably the greatest in-ring wrestler of all time. Um, Definitely top three or top five. I don't think anybody could argue you on that. But what's amazing to me in 2023 is he's been out like, what, two-thirds of the year? Yeah. And I can still think of like 10 extremely memorable matches that he's had. It's bananas. Like the ratio of matches that he's had to great memorable matches that he's had is is almost one to one. Like it's absolutely nuts. If you told me he was your wrestler of the year, I couldn't argue with you. And Mm -hmm. like that's bananas for someone who has missed literally months of the year. Like it's incredible, incredible, incredible to see. So very, very cool. And just the fact that we got to see him step back in a ring of honor ring. It's like, imagine awesome. saying that five years ago, right? Like we've mm-hmm. had a lot of those moments. So some very cool stuff there. Guys, we are coming down the home stretch, getting those super chats. We've still got two world title matches to talk about. We'll also take a quick minute to remind you to subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. If you want to be cool, like 10,500 of your other friends subscribe to Fightful Select. You'll not only get all the best scoops in the game, but you'll get Ask Rhapsody every other Thursday with this fella. You'll get me and Alex Pulaski doing um, alternative pay-per-view post shows as well as Sour Graphs behind the paywall. So we do raw reviews. Um, Now we're just so obsessed with the Continental Classic that we we look like the Charlie Day meme from It's Always Sunny when he has the like... (laughs) The board up that there is no Carol in HR. We're just loving it. I make him do all the math, and then we sit around a fantasy book uh, pretty much every Saturday now. It's It's been a blast. Um, and you'll get all the scoops in the game, tons of bonus podcasts. I always put over Sean's Q&A because I think it's really awesome. Um, if you have a question, he will either get it answered or attempt to get it answered and be able to tell you no dice. Uh, so if you leave a good question, if you're curious about something, you can get an answer for five bucks a month. Not a bad little trade there. So Sean's always working super hard and there's plenty of wrestling news to come as we come down the stretch of 2023 into what is going to be one of the craziest contract years since AEW started. It's about to get even more wild. Feeling dreepy saying this match made me want FTR plus Mark as trios champs. I would not be mad about a trio's run and they should be champions if they're going to do it. Mm. I also wouldn't hate that on the ROH side. If they were going to be your six-man champs, like, man, FTR, if they're not champions, doesn't always have a tongue to do in the tag picture. Like, I love what they're doing Mm. right now with House of Black. I think that's a really good use of them. But them going and just making a bunch of trios and ROH better I think it's a really, really fun use of FTR. Even if it's just between three and six months, I think that could be a blast. Um, They're going to continue to invest in care. I think that could be a whole 
mess of fun. If I was Tony Khan, I would book FTR versus Devon Eriks like tomorrow on Collision or Wednesday on Dynamite. But that's just me. I mean, it is just you, but that's a great call. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Some good stuff. So earlier in the night, we have a funny little segment where Tony Khan sets up a match for Eddie Kingston. I love Eddie Kingston here being like, I'm the world champ. Why aren't I on the card? Because yeah. that's what we were all saying. And it feels like Eddie Kingston does have a considerable amount of pride in actually wanting to be on ROH. Of all the champions that we've had since the reboot, he's been the most present in his defenses. I've been the most um, outspoken about being a champion, which is fun, not only for his character, but genuinely for the brand, I think. Uh, so I loved that he was almost offended he didn't have a match on the card. And Tony yeah. Khan says, silly, you have a match against Daniel Garcia in the Continental Classic. Said it right after Daniel Garcia wrestled. That's mm -hmm. when the segment was. Not the best planning there. Um, obviously a little more at stake because uh, Eddie Kingston is currently the champion. And he says, I don't care. It could be a proving ground match. And Anthony Henry is the one to answer the call here. You know him of our horseman gal. I think Anthony Henry is a perfect opponent for um, Eddie in this. Wasn't longest match, didn't need to be. I think he got to showcase a lot of what he's really good at. I loved it. I thought it was a, a bunch of fun. We get Eddie Kingston following uh, a half-hatch suplex with the stretch plum to get the submission win. Just some really fun, fun wrestling from Anthony Henry in here. Just some badass hard-hitting wrestling. Mm -hmm. Those Kawada kicks I thought were great, but then Eddie Kingston's coming back with palm strikes. Like they were kind of like we're late, late in the card. We don't have a ton of time. Why don't we just beat the ever living crap out of each other? And hey, that's a fun wrestling match to me. What were yeah. your thoughts on this? Yeah, I've said earlier in this podcast that I thought that there were a couple things that they should have cut. Not this. This was great. Eddie Kingston did need to be on the card. That was a real thing that he should have said to Tony Khan, like, why aren't on the show? And I thought it was probably perfect placement, depending, I mean, after how long that double match was with that, you know, with the six man, you needed something like this to kind of, one, we need Eddie Kingston on the card. Henry's been doing amazing on the show. I probably would have just said it was a ring of honor title match and just had them go seven minutes or however long they did go just to add a little bit more stakes but i understand what they were doing and i like that they added it to the card i agree and to your point reg this was a long card but it managed to keep my attention the whole time mm -hmm. okay i was not down for much of this mm -hmm. i was very much standing on end for a lot of this but that's not everybody's experience some people need a little bit help. You know what I mean? Some people need a little bit of assistance when they're trying to get a rise out of themselves. You get what I'm saying? So I think bluechew.com is where you should go to find out a little bit more. Hello. Do you have a limp penis? A difficulty getting it erect? Boy, do I have a product for you. Bluechew.com and the code Fightful will help fix that. Bluechew has the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work, but they work a lot faster because it's a chewable. It's also much more affordable. Use that promo code FIGHTFUL. Get your first shipment free. Just pay $5 shipping. One of the best parts, it's discreet. No awkward in-person doctor's visits. You don't have to go to the pharmacy. It ships straight to your door when approved. 
by an online physician. You want to check this out. It will help you. It is a good product. It will make your sex life better. BlueChew.com, the code Fightful. Is it playing twice or is that just on mine? I think just on yours. What is going on? Stop. <laughs> what I don't need is Sean talking to me about dick pills twice in a row. <laughs> so I guess that's just on mine. Sorry if that was weird for anybody else, but it's it weird that it only head. happens with that video, though, Kate. It legit has happened <laughs> when we've signed on to this stream before like it's just playing in the background just on my end and it's the most distracting and creepy thing in the world <laughs> especially as we're going into our women's match what timing but yeah. um Same. this is what we have the most chats about and we should let's read through some of them because we got athena and billy starks in what i think was an ending that surprised a lot of people but we did see wrestling math tell us yesterday that athena was going to be the one to come out the victor here matthew hooks who was at the show saying great show Felt like Billy's moment, but fantastic. Um, incredible main event says that Chan Athena is my woman of the year. Yeah, hard to dispute that. She's been doing just absolutely incredible work. Kazai 86 saying, What a great show! The women's match was amazing. Crowd chanting women's wrestling made it even better. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Leaving the venue now, can't wait for collision. Well, I hope you guys had so much fun, and I hope some of you all met up. I know Kate and Matthew Hooks, and he were all at that show. So, um, I hope uh, everybody gets to be friends because that's the mm -hmm. best part. D-Dub saying, besides Mercedes, Athena is the best women's wrestler in America. Can't argue with it. Hopefully we get her on AEW TV. If not, I fear Triple H will be knocking at contract time. Um, let's talk about the match and then we'll talk about the booking because it's an interesting one. The match was incredible. I couldn't believe after I mean we had the the Kingston and Anthony Henry match in between right but after Danielson and the Blackpool Combat Club and FTR versus Mark Briscoe that was so unhinged we had a minute to catch our breath but the way the crowd was so bought into this from the beginning mm -hmm. is everything you need to know about what great storytelling backed by excellent wrestling can do man woman tag wrestling, trios, whatever. It is, I feel like so much of wrestling is best when it's simple. Like there's so, there's so much wrestling that I get this temptation to do more because you want to stand out. But I swear to God, the best way for things to stand out in wrestling is the most fundamental stuff. You saw it when the Bloodline stuff was really good. You saw it with Omega and um, Adam Page. Like, just simple, simple, simple storytelling. Ugh. We have had such a beautiful, simple story to this point. I thought they had a chance to put a perfect bow on it tonight. I don't think they did. But I don't think it means it's unsalvageable or it was the the wrong choice. Um, but, it, but interesting. But an interesting choice. The match itself, there was not a wasted move. Everything had intent. Everything had story behind it. Really, 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 really incredible. Um, I can't sit here and call out every spot because you just have to go back and watch it. Watch uh, it. What happens at the end of this is Athena rolls Starks into a ground Cobra submission. Um, 
and with nowhere to go, Billy just gives into the submission painfully. Uh, but man, oh man, was there some really, really good stuff here. Um, the electric chair spot with Billy was great. When uh, Athena went to use the star 10 and Billy knew how to counter it, I thought it was really, really great. Um, we're gonna block some of the weirdos in the chat. Sorry, I'm distracted. I have no moderator. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I thought the the match was just incredible, and it just it had a big fight feel. It was a huge deal going into it. The commentary again doing a great job comparing Athena to Brian Danielson and Nigel McGuinness and her dominance in Samoa Joe and, and the way that she's been such a dominant champion. That's the kind of commentary that women's wrestling deserves. I, I love Ian so much for that. Um, so many brutal spots. So much chess being played. Um, again, great commentary support on did Athena teach her too much? Like, yeah, did she teach her how to beat her, which is the classic student teacher story, right? Um, I just was so in love with this from from bell to bell. I, I can't say it enough like what a blast athena coming out in the bane gear was awesome lexi being the the special guest ring announcer was super fun um the women's wrestling chance that high angle german suplex from athena from the middle rope was maybe the coolest spot of the night and a night of amazing spots like just 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 wonderful stuff here i all you can do is go watch it. Um, I can call out the spots I just called out, but man, there's there's so much more to it than what spots got hit. The storytelling between both of them was so present the entire time, um, and Billy just wouldn't stay down until she had to. It, it was so much fun. Um, what were your thoughts on this match? And then we'll talk about the booking decision because that's its own conversation. <laughs> Definitely. I thought that it was a super smart work match. Uh, Athena's really good at, I love how they kind of built the match up to the, the, the finish. It wasn't just, I, I knew it was going to be brutal, but they didn't get right into it. They kind of played it up for a while. Billy ended up uh, getting some blood. Athena, uh, Billy playing into the mask thing, ripping off of her mask and Athena having to play into the nose. Um, Athena trying to hit every spot that she can to put Billy out. Um, Billy hitting stuff that we've seen her do on the indies, bringing it to, to ROH and AEW to a mainstream scale. We've seen people, her destroy people on the apron with that electric chair drop. So to see her do it here was great. Suplex off of the, uh, the announce table was awesome. There were so many smartly worked powerful brutal main event style spots i was really nervous after this long show brian danielson the survival of the fittest match the vikingo like all that stuff a crowd could be burnt out it's really hard after five hours to still be invested in the main event but these women worked so hard and had such a great match that they had the crowd in it the whole time shout out to texas because they like you said this whole show they were into it and i thought that the women did such a great job of keeping them invested throughout the whole thing getting lexi involved i thought was a great idea her announcing her uh almost screwing athena out of the match with her not giving up the belt i thought all that was great um just a great main event match shout out to athena again main eventing a ring of honor show uh the forever ring of honor champion the mvp of honor club but i was very 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 surprised by the result. I'm not gonna be not gonna beat around the bush here. I thought this was time. 
before the show, they played the video package and Athena's like, if I lose, this is the last time I'll be in Ring of Honor. I'll never come back. I'm like, all right. Well, I think we're doing something here. We're moving on here. And the stories they've been telling, she was doing interviews. Tony Khan did an interview where he said that she might move up potentially. So I'm like, okay, we're going to get this belt to Billy Starks. And then Athena's going to be on her way to the main brand. Eh, not what happened here. I'm surprised about it. Maybe there's something that I didn't know. The thing that feels weird about it is like, they've set me up for this. It felt like, like you guys told me the story that Billy Starks is going to win here. You've been telling the story for so long. Everybody's super invested. We know like all every angle of it. I'm like, all right, we're getting the final battle. This is how you pay it off. They paid it off in a different way. I'm very surprised again by this result, but I mean, if we're going to continue the ball with Athena, I, I'm going to be, I'm going to need some convincing because it feels like she kind of ran through the whole division. There's definitely some new women on the way on the horizon, but I thought this was like kind of the perfect time to give it to Billy Starks. It felt like they've told us every letter of the alphabet A through Y mm-hmm. and they didn't say Z today. They said Y again. Yeah. And so what does Z look like now? It's, it's kind of an odd thing. This is, this is one where everything's been so carefully planned. It, I don't think it's that they don't have a plan. No. And I don't know if the answer is still not Billy Starks because we do see at the end, she says, what more do you want from me? I've given you everything. And she says, I want you to be my minion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's an interesting possibility for an alliance there but it also feels like we already told that chapter of the story a little bit so i just when you have perfection there and you have the chance to make billy starks in that moment and you choose not to do it the only thing i can think of is they don't know what to do with her on the main roster because they have such limited tv time for the women and that is a problem that you now are going to run into if you want big time free agents like mercedes or a becky lynch it's a it's a it's now becoming like a huge issue because I feel like a lot of the booking has gotten straightened out. But where do you call Athena up to? She's too dominant to just throw into a program with like it's her against Anna Jay and Soraya. Like you can't do that with someone who's on the run that she's on. Um, I'm wondering if she holds the title and brings it up maybe into AEW. So that the AW roster gets familiar with the kind of champion that she is. I think that mm-hmm. could be really cool. And then eventually drops it back in ROH, but like comes around AEW more as that ROH champ. So when she makes that transition to the main roster, people are a little bit more familiar with who she is. But I just, when you have storytelling perfection in front of you, and then you take a different route, uh, it's just like, it's just a little less satisfying. It's just mm-hmm. a little bit more Domino's pizza than regular pizza. It's still pizza. Yeah. Not mad about it by any means, but like you had the perfect New York slice sitting right there. So I don't know her also they're talking about it in the chat right now. Her, her tapping out to it being a submission makes me feel like the story isn't necessarily done here. Maybe mm-hmm. it ends up being a more violent blow off in a steel cage. Like people were saying yesterday, potentially, mm-hmm. um, I just felt like you had the perfect completion there. And I, I just genuinely don't know what you do with Athena now. I'm hoping that they know what to do with Athena now. Mm-hmm. Um, because seeing her go back and squash a bunch of people isn't going to be nearly as fun after we've seen this incredible story with Billy, right? Um, so we'll we'll see what's to come. I hope they're being 
I hope the reason she isn't called up is because they're being careful about what happens when they do call her up, whether that's her immediately being shot into a title picture. Like, I don't think you want her facing Julia Hart and losing. I don't think you want Mm -hmm. her facing this wackadoo version of Tony Storm and losing because she would be the kind of person to be like, you are insane woman and beat the absolute bricks off of her. Right. So I'm hoping it's a considerable amount of care for that when she does get called up, she's moving up into something that's very important. That being said, there are women on the main roster I want to see her face, Sheeta. There are women on the main roster I want to see her face, Chris Statlander. There are so many people I want to see her mix it up with. Maybe we get that crossover. She does not doing a ton right now. Maybe she comes to ROH for a match or whatever. So I just hope it's because they have something intentional for her lined up and it's not more short-sightedness with the women's division that we've kind of seen repeatedly. I've said it before, like I, I really think the booking has gotten more improved around the title pictures. There's more long-term logical storytelling, but we're just, you only get one match show it. it it's yeah. really handcuffing you. So mm-hmm. um, frustrating because I think it would have been the perfect bow to a perfect story, but I'm not out on it in the sense that I'm willing to see where it goes next. Yeah, I could see them. Uh, Tony Khan likes trilogies. I could see them maybe doing a third match with Billy Starks, um, beating her in the end. While you were talking and saying all that, though, my brain was like, if they have Athena fucking relinquish this belt and they just get I, Kate. You know they would, though. I'm going to be so upset about it. It's going to be so dumb. But I could totally see her being going on Dynamite or Collision and just being like, no one's ever going to beat me for this, so I just give it up. And it's going to suck, but I could totally see them doing that. It sucked so much when Samoa Joe did it. Yeah. It's even more dumb when you've... I don't know. The, the value that is provided by her dropping to someone is so high it would have been for Samoa Joe too but like for a newly cemented women's division to not have anybody get made from this title reign would be one of the most boneheaded moves that they've made in the women's wrestling space Fools be putting themselves between a rock and a hard place of being like we've gotten this far maybe we shouldn't beat her maybe we need to send her to the roster unbeat nah that's dumb I don't like it when they did with Oscar at NXT I don't it, it's just so stupid because um, what did you invest all this into her for, if not to make a young star like a Billy Starks or a Layla Hirsch or whatever? Like, it's not like this is the only story that can be told. Um, but we'll see. I hope she gets the opportunity to show more people what she's capable of because she has been Women of women of the year on American television, I feel like for sure. You could make plenty of other arguments, right? Um, Tony Storm's in a hysterical phase right now. You could make that argument about Sheeta or Becky Lynch or a ton of other people, but like for me, Athena, you know, Ian Riccoboni said, I think she has had over 40 title defenses. They've only had 43 weeks of television, Reg. Yeah. That's insane. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. insane. So I just don't want it to overstay its welcome because it's been so great, but it it feels like the fact that Billy tapped out and is now her minion feels like there's a next step to this story. So I'm trying to have optimism around that, but I don't know, man. They've let me down before, so it's so hard to trust again, you know? It's tough. It's hard to keep coming back to that relationship, but... <laughs> but an unbelievable match. A really, really, really fun pay-per-view. A lot of fun standouts on this. 
Um, I I thought it was a, a home run. I just hope they sustain the effort that we saw go into it coming out of it because we've seen a lot of improvements, uh, but they tend to put their foot on the gas to take it off. So let's hope that the effort continues and sustains. We now have a TV title holder. Soon enough, we'll know who holds the ROH World Championship. Um, maybe our six-man champs will stick around. Maybe MJF will give up his titles. I don't know. Hopefully, we continue to see improvement. But I had a lot of fun with this show tonight. And I had a lot of fun with you, Reg, and everyone in the chat who were joining us for this late-night ROH edition. We appreciate you sticking with us. Please leave a thumbs on thumbs up on this video on your way out. We've got so much for you on Fightful this weekend, though. We got the Graph City Boys coming in tomorrow. We got the Collision Crew as well. And I'm sure if I can still talk, I will be on the Fightful Select with Alex Pulowski, losing our minds about the Continental Classic and how much fun it's been so far. Um, Reg, pluck your stuff and let's get out of here. Because I know there's some people that just want like a really cool Graph City hat. <laughs> yes. If you do want to get a Graph City hat at grapcity.bigcartel.com, you can get one. Mine's is right here next to me. Very dope. Got the Graf City logo right there in back. Get you one. Yeah, catch me in the morning, man. Me and Phil are going to talk about some wrestling. We'll talk about this show. We'll talk about CM Punk because that's all we ever talk about these days. You catch me about. every Thursday talking Ring of Honor with Kate. Every Wednesday, I'm talking on the R no the AEW Dynamite post show with Denise <laughs> and also on Mike with Indeed. Uh, every other Thursday, I'm on Ask Rhapsody. Thank you guys for being here late night. Really fun show, Ring of Honor people. Uh, good stuff. Late night says the West Coaster. It's 20 of two over here. Can barely talk. Come on. Follow me. No, follow both of us. Follow me at Miss Kate Fabe on Twitter and TikTok. I'm Kate Instagrams on Instagram. You can catch me most Sundays with Joel Pearl on Fightful Overbook doing Joel and Kate Call It in the Ring. Mondays on Fightful Select doing your Sour Grabs post show. Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays on the Fightful main channel. And Wednesdays at the Mark Order whenever I can be there. And because why take a day off? We've been having a lot of fun talking to C2 on Fightful Select on Saturdays. Um, we appreciate the support so much. Thank you for supporting this show in particular. I know ROH is tucked away behind a paywall and less accessible. So it always means a lot when you guys join us. We really, really appreciate it. Um, and have a safe and wonderful rest of your wrestling weekend. We're out of here. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.